Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Hip Senior Podcast, hosted by Marianne Bailey. Each week we sit down with seniors age 55 and up to share stories that will inspire you to live your life to the fullest. Plus, information on the latest services that will allow you to make your golden years into platinum years. So, grab your cup of joe, sit back, and get inspired. And now just a quick message from our sponsor of the day, Anchor by Spotify. Hi friends, this is Marion Bailey from The Hip Senior. Have you ever wondered what it takes to have a podcast? Well, I'm here to tell you that Anchor.fm is one of the easiest ways to get started. You can have a podcast up and running in one day. Did you know that? You can talk about things in your past, things that are going to happen in the future, things about a business or a volunteer opportunity. There's all kinds of reasons and things that you can do with a podcast. And I'm here to let you know that using Anchor by Spotify is one of the easiest ways to make a podcast. Everything that you need to record a podcast, to edit it, and to get it listed in all the major podcast listening platforms, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Everything's in one place. Simple to do. And oh, I forgot to mention, it's completely free. If you want more information about hosting a podcast or getting started, Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And now back to our podcast. All right. This is Marianne Bailey. Good afternoon, everybody. Today, I have a special guest with me from the Ohio Attorney General's office, Ryan Lippy, And we're going to be talking about the grandparent scam and a little twist in there with the grandchild scam as well. Ryan, how are you doing today? Great. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Good. So we're talking about grandparent scam today. We talked about this a little bit uh, last year as well, but we feel that it's such good information that we need to get it out more than once, don't we? Absolutely. I mean, you know, this this particular scam does target older adults. And as we'll learn, there's some variations and twists on it that can get you contacted no matter how old you are. And you might fall victim to this type of impersonation scam. So tell us about it, and then I've got a few questions for you about it. Great. Well, you know, essentially this scam is, is old. It's not a brand new scam, but it does have new twists. And over the years, it's been developed a little bit because scammers, you know, they're applying their trade 24-7. You know, this is their job. And so when some, some when stories hit the newspapers or they get bright ideas about other variations of a scam, then they hit us with that and try to get money or personal information out of us. But the original scam is where you get a call from someone who might sound young. They claim to be your grandchild. They explain they were in some kind of accident or stuck in a foreign country and need money to get out of jail or to get home. And they sound very frantic. They need your help. And all you have to do is send money. Now, I will say that with this particular scam, 
Um, they might even know the child's name or the grandparent's name. I mean, they may have been savvy enough to look on social media and to look on, you know, genealogy websites or obituaries. There's lots of information that is shared through lots of sources that scammers can use to target grandparents or to target children and to, and to give them a little bit of information to to try to prove who they are. But they say it's really the grandchild and they pretend to be that young adult or child. And then um, the sky's the limit in terms of how much money they're going to ask to supposedly get themselves out of trouble through a payment from the grandparents. What kind of trouble? Well, you know, a lot of times they will claim to be in an accident. And usually when they say they're in an accident, they'll say that something happened with their nose or their throat. And that's why they're not talking exactly the same way or in the same fashion with the same accent that the real grandchild would talk from. You know, that way that backs up their story, that there's some reason and, and rationale for why the child may sound different. Because obviously it's a scammer. They want to be able to impersonate the child as best as possible. So we'll use that as an excuse. Um, They might claim that there have been drugs in the car and they've been arrested. Um, Maybe they'll say it's a friend's car or a friend's drugs. And they just need help getting out of danger at the police station. Uh, They'll even claim that um, they need bail money. And so they they'll they say, please don't tell mom and dad because, you know, they don't want you to call. They don't want the grandparents to call their son and daughter and figure out that the grandchild is really not in trouble at all. So they'll say, please don't tell mom and dad. It's just between us. I just need to get out of trouble to avoid jail or to get out of the emergency room or to get out of trouble. Please, grandma, please, grandpa, just help me this one time. And I just need $800 or $1,200 or thousands of dollars to get out of jail or to get out of trouble. Yeah, they really try to heartstring, um, pull on those heartstrings, don't they? Absolutely. I mean, if, if, they, if they can get emotion into the conversation, they know that's an extra step forward to getting their ultimate goal, which is money. They're trying to extract money out of grandparents. They do it one by one, and they've got all the time in the world, but they will make it seem like it's an essential necessity. They try to use that, uh, use that psychological pattern of claiming that it's an urgent message and that they urgently need the grandparents to act. And they claim that if they don't act, the grandchild's going to remain in jail or get in the emergency room and stay there or be denied emergency medical care, whatever their excuse is. See, that's awful. And the fact that people still fall for this kind of stuff um, really speaks to the point of us having to get this word um, out to people and for people to share um, this message with people that they care about, because a lot of times, you know, people think that, oh, I'm too smart for that. I wouldn't fall for that. There's no way that this would happen to me, but it happens to people just in our backyards, doesn't it, Ryan? Absolutely. This happens throughout the state of Ohio and throughout the country. I don't think a week goes by that we don't see some variation of the grandparent scam reported by someone in the state of Ohio.
And this was even covered by CBS Evening News uh, several months ago. And they actually, believe it or not, had someone, probably what they call a money mule, in the United States, in that grandparents' area, show up on the door to take the money from the grandparents claiming they wanted cash. That's crazy. Yeah, but, um, you know, they usually won't ask for cash. They usually have no intention of having any money mule show up. Usually they want payment through wire transfers, prepaid money cards, gift cards, something like that. So a good rule of thumb is if a caller is requesting these types of payments or another type of payment that's difficult to trace, like MoneyGram, Western Union, um, it's likely a scam and you're never going to get your money back, most likely. Um, don't provide payment. Don't provide personal information. But do call your child or your grandchildren and figure out, make sure they're not in trouble. We don't want anyone to ha- be in any danger through our um, message to hang up. So if you think it really might be your grandchild, um, at least do your due diligence. Call your your son or daughter, call your grandchildren, and just double check that they're not in trouble and they're actually at work or at school or wherever they're supposed to be. Yeah, they, and it's it's funny because I, I've told the story time and time again that there's, you know, I've had clients in the past before they were clients of mine that, you know, they had gotten those calls from, oh, your grandson's hit a telephone pole or a light pole and he's in jail. And the insurance will cover it, but we don't, ha- you know, we don't want them to stay in jail for this until the insurance covers it. So can you pay for it? And then the insurance will pay you back. And yeah, you know, sorry, no, you can't, you know, this is the, his attorney or, you know, whatever. And they put them on the, usually the, the grandchild quote unquote on the phone first really quickly. And then said, here, let me let you talk to the attorney or, you know, to the prosecutor or whatever, so that they can get them off the phone really quick and get them onto somebody who, uh, they think is in, in a, you know, in authority for that. And yeah, they try to get them to react really fast. And I always say that they're, you know, they're uh, trying to, again, act on that emotional brain side of you, you know, I don't want my, my grandchild to sit in jail or this or that and whatever. Um, so if you just say, well, you know, give me a few minutes to think about this or make some calls or whatever, chances are they're going to hang up and not call you back. Um, yeah, and, and you know what you'll find out um, is that if you look at news reports, a lot of these scammers are actually overseas. So they're in Nigeria, they're in Jamaica, they're in other countries. Uh, so it's very difficult for us to catch the perpetrator. Same is true with the FBI and, and other law enforcement agencies that want to go after these scammers. Uh, usually they're in another country and they use these anonymous payment sources that makes it difficult to track them down. Yeah. And a lot of times, um, you know, like that one client that I had whose grandson had hit the light pole and whatnot, uh, they wanted iTunes cards from them. And Absolutely. luckily the manager at Walmart was like, Hey, what's really going on? You know? And they said, Oh, we were buying a car. And they're like, and they want iTunes for this car that, you know, what's wrong with this picture? Luckily, you know, yeah, he was you, brave enough to ask them those questions. Yeah. If you find yourself going to a drugstore, grocery store, convenience store, 
to buy these types of gift cards. And they're not for a friend or relative that you already know, but for someone who claims to be a bail bondsman or a judge or a police officer, it's a scam. Or even online, even, you know, these days, even if you're, you find yourself going um, to straight to iTunes and, and purchasing a gift card from them um, to just to give off that number to somebody online really fast. Um, you know, and I've even seen these scams using Bitcoin. Yeah. And, you know, they have they have ATMs in communities across the country that will uh, allow you to put money onto a Bitcoin account and send it to a stranger. That is crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. So, Ryan, I know that. Um, OK, so we've covered the grandparent scam and we've said that. OK, so take your time you know, think about this. Go, don't use your, don't use your, emo, what I call emotional brain. Don't use your emotional brain, slow down and, and wait for your rational brain to catch up. You know, don't, don't give out credit card money to, or credit card number or any kind of number off of a card or whatever to somebody you do not know. Slow down, ask those questions, follow up with your grandchild. So um, we're going to take a second. And when we return, we are going to talk about the reverse, about how the grandchildren um, can be made targeted, targets in this as well. So give us just a second. And when we return, we'll talk about that. Okay, we are back. And the first part of this episode, we covered grandparents scam, but we're now we're going to talk about the grandchildren and how they can possibly be affected with grandchildren child scams as well. Ryan, what do you know about this? Well, I mean, this all falls into what I call family emergency scams and what the Federal Trade Commission labels as family emergency scams. So it's not limited to targeting grandparents. It could target grandchildren. It could target nieces and nephews, aunts and uncles. I mean, the genealogy um, is, you know, the sky's the limit for who these scammers will try to get money out of. So if somebody, uh, for example, claims to be your grandmother or grandfather on the phone and, you know, think about it, it's even more likely for them to be able to impersonate an older adult's voice than a child's voice. Because right. a lot of these scammers are probably in their 20s, 30s, 40s that apply their trade. So um, be careful and, and notice that kind of scam as well. So they, will, they can claim that the grandparents are in trouble. They can't get up. They're in the hospital. Um, various stories that are part of a family emergency scam. I, it, it fathoms, again, I'm just overwhelmed that, that this kind of stuff goes on, but yet it does. And if you think about it, you know, people that are close to their grandparents, um, you know, some are closer than others. Some know, you know, interact with their grandparents on a daily basis. They've grown up with their baby, their grandparents babysitting them um, from time to time or being their primary child care provider, different stuff like that. So grandparents are going to have a very close connection with their grandchild. And so once that grandchild gets to the point 18, 19 years old or so, and maybe they've got a part-time job or something like that, the scammers aren't going to get a lot of money from them. But, you know, you go after enough people and you get, you know, $100 a piece from them, that still adds up. So it just Absolutely. goes to show that they don't, they don't necessarily target just one type of person these days. They go after people 
for no matter how much money they have just to get what they can from them. It doesn't mean that these, these are teenagers, you know, early teenagers, young teenagers, sorry, teenagers or young adults that have, you know, a big bank account and stuff. These are people that, you know, are working part-time to get through college or just to save up for a car right out of high school or your senior year of high school. They don't care what, what they're going to get from you as long as they're getting something from you. Well, and these scammers can go after the same victim more than once. What I mean by that is if they say, let's say they, they the plot the story out and they want the grandchild to be in jail or claim that he's in jail or she's in jail, uh, they may say that they owe the bail bondsman $1,000. Then when you pay the $1,000, they'll go back to that same victim that just got, just got coerced out of $1,000 and say, you know what? Now they need um, a judgment fee, or now they need taxes, or now they need um, some other type of charge related to the same supposed incident. So they can go after people a multitude of times until the older adult or whoever the victim is ends up calling our office, the Ohio Attorney General's office, or somehow doing, doing research finds out that it's a scam and stops giving their money away. What, so how are, are they reaching these, these young adults in the same ways or are they going after them? Do you think more in it from a technology aspect? I mean, you know, because teenagers, at least I know when my daughter was a teenager, she's now a young adult, um, getting her to answer the phones, like pulling teeth sometimes. So, you know, are they going after them via text messages? Are they calling them? Are they texting them, then calling them saying, hey, we need to get a hold of you, but your grandparent please answer your phone. You know, I, I would imagine that all of that is possible. I have a couple responses. First of all, yes, I think they do use whatever technology they think the person is familiar with and will use. So with older adults, it may very well be a local telephone number. Or uh, with children or grandchildren, it may be text messaging, it may be on social media, it may be they're duplicating, we've talked about this before, maybe they've duplicated a uh, social media account and they're impersonating an adult or impersonating a grandchild, then they don't have to play with the voice. Then, then it's, a, it's a perfect ruse because then they don't even have, they don't have to show up anywhere, the scammer. The scammer doesn't have to apply their voice so you might be able to tell right then that it's a scam artist. Um, the other thing is, you know, you can get these folks off the phone pretty quickly. Um, if you know it's a scam, of course, hang up. But um, the grandparent scam, you know, you can easily research um, these stories and find out exactly what they're doing. But ask them a question that only your grandchild would have the answer to. Um, ask them something, maybe even set up a password with your grand, with your grandchildren or your grandparents, so that if something does happen to either side, um, there's a password that they would have to give out to prove that it's really them on the phone. So there's some unique and creative things you can do to protect yourself on the front end so that when you do get a call like this, uh, you'll know it's a scam when they hang up the phone or can't answer the question. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention on this scam is that, again, I mean, it can happen to someone over and over again, and it can be just about any type of family situation that you can think of that scammers can exploit to try to steal money from you. 
Yeah, you know what? I could see that. I could see them calling after, hey, your brother's in, in jail and, you know, doesn't want your parents to know or stuff like that. So you're right, absolutely right. And I think setting up a passcode is is brilliant because um, we teach that with, with children these days, you know, it's, um, you know, don't go with a stranger unless they know the passcode that, you know, from your parents um, or stuff like that. We That's things that we teach our children these days for be, keeping them safe especially if they're like children that are able to walk home from school or anything like that. The um, other thing to the other thing to mention here, um, just to make sure I get this point in is that they can get legitimate marketing lists that are never meant to see their hands. They could buy or spend money with a stolen credit card to buy all kinds of lists that may give them tar uh, targets in terms of victims you know, if I wanted to find out all the grandparents in Dayton, Ohio, and if I had a little bit of money or a stolen credit card or a stolen money order from somewhere, because these are criminals, um, if, if I were going to be able to buy something like that, I might be able to target and have a list of cell phone numbers and landline phone numbers and go off that call list rather than just using a random digit dialer or just trying to invent numbers to use. And they might actually have a legitimate source for their information. So before you give out your birth date, before you give out your, your full name and your address and your phone number, think about who may be able to see that list or have that list stolen or hack into a list like that and uh, create some type of scam based on your personal information. You know, Ryan, it reminds me of something I learned um, a little while ago that even if you think that and these days we're not in restaurants too, too often, but when we are, you know, you go up and you pay your bill and there's usually like sometimes like a fishbowl or something where you can put in a business card. Uh, and sometimes they, and I, I think this must be, used to be more common, but they'd have like those little slips that they would fill out. And those slips would have information like, you know, your birth date on there or how old you are or you know, your address so they could send and notify you for awards, you know, if, if you win, stuff like that. And a lot of times those are market research for people that are trying to get names and phone numbers to be able to market to. But you just never know that sometimes those lists can also be used to be sold um, for the highest dollar. And when you're providing your birth date and stuff like that on something like that, you just never know where that information is going to end up either. So quit filling out forms, quit entering contests online, especially when it requires any kind of personal information, name, address, birth date, phone number, all that stuff. Because if something, if you're going to get something for free, there's usually a cost to it. Absolutely. And, you know, read privacy policies. I know they're boring and you usually forget what they say all each time, but read a privacy policy or figure out exactly whether they're going to buy and sell and trade your information away. Uh, even if they're not going, they say they're not going to, they still might, or the information might get stolen. But if you do, if you read privacy policies and you find out what the terms and conditions are for entering a contest or a giveaway or a sweepstakes, you may at least have some peace of mind and be proactive and be able to avoid some kind of scam using or misusing your personal information. The other thing is, um, we're going to wrap this up here shortly. Today's going to be a short run. We're just trying to get this word out as many times as possible for everybody just to be safe and guard their protection, you know, their information. 
um, and, and have these conversations with your grandchildren and grandchildren have these conversations with your grandparents. Don't be scared that, you know, they are not going to want to talk about this because it's important information that be shared throughout the family of anybody. But also um, the other day I was with a client and he said, you know what? I really hate every time my phone has an update. It just changes everything on my phone. Maybe I'll just stop doing updates. And I adamantly started shaking my head. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're just going to have to deal with the changes then because you don't stop updating your phone or updating your computer or your tablet, whatever it is that you have based on the fact that you don't like the changes right, when, those, right. when those updates are. But it's important because those updates close security holes in our systems. And sometimes those security holes maybe inadvertently, but bad people can use those, those holes, um, for, for bad reasons. And yeah, so and that, you want to make sure that you're protecting your, your technology and not allowing people in that way either. Yeah. I mean, updates to operating systems, updates, to internet browsers, updates to your antivirus updates to everything is, are very important and they may do a multitude of things. And one of which you displayed, which is provide security patches and other kinds of network uh, loophole closures that can really help keep people's security in mind. Things like malware, things like yeah. malware. Yeah. You know, if you're not running malware bytes, I know a, a couple of computer people have told me in the past that they slow systems down. Well, guess what? So does malware. Uh, yes. I recently had a client who um, had over 700 instances of malware on her computer and couldn't figure out why her computer was running so slow. And the bad thing about that is that she basically uses her computer only to check um, her stock market numbers. Mm -hmm. So, which means that she's logging into her personal banking information for this type of stuff. So, um, you know, and people will say often, oh, I don't use my, for my banking information. That's beside the point, people. If you're using your device for anything, you still need to keep your device updated. And if you don't know how to update your device, holler at me, call me, uh, call somebody and, and have them walk you through how to do this and write, write it down, write down a cheat note a cheat sheet that will, you know, month after month or week after week that to go in there and check to make sure, because most of the time we have our devices on auto update and we think, Oh, that's going to cover it. But I can guarantee that every time I go into my phone settings, there is some type of update that it has not automatically done and it needs to be done. And Absolutely. so, you know, like I said, you know, you just want to make sure you're protecting yourself no matter and, and your family, no matter what that means. So if it means that you're not answering strange phone calls when they come across your phone, a lot of seniors hate um, being rude. They hate hanging up on people. I get that. But a lot of times, if it's somebody that you don't just don't need to be talking to, you don't need to open yourself up to that possibility of you being at risk for them talking you in to being, being uh, scammed. Yeah. And you don't know exactly what they're after. These could be identity thieves that just want a little bit of personal information from you that you may think is fairly innocent. So the more you talk to these folks, the more exposed you are to potential identity theft and potential scams. And just as you think you're going to get them off the phone, they may have just gotten the information they need most. 
yeah, look at all the cult members in the past that have talked people into joining cults. You know, they they tend to be very good at latching on to what people need. And sometimes that need is a need to talk, especially with senior citizens. Sometimes they get lonely. Maybe their spouse has passed away there. And we talked about this last week, you know, their spouse has talked away, passed away. They're, they're lonely. They want someone to talk to. And sometimes that's what scammers are. They're not necessarily going to be jumping down your throat, trying to get you to send them money right away. Sometimes they're just being a friend and listening and hearing, you know, hearing what you have to say. And they're latching on to every bit of information that you're going to give them. And sometimes it's innocent information, but sometimes it's not. And they can befriend you and do that kind of information. So the longer you talk to somebody that you don't know, the more open you are to being scammed and, and putting yourself and your family at risk. So just if you see a call come across your phone um, that you don't know the thing, if they need, really need you, they'll leave a message. If, um, trust me, if your grandchild was really at risk and something really happened and they're in the hospital, they're going to call you back or they're going to try to reach their, their parents. Yes. You know, so anytime anyone says, you know, leaves a message and says, hey, call us back. Don't let any family member know. It's it's kind of go back to what we taught our, our children when they were young. You know, we said, hey, if someone ever says, don't tell your mommy or daddy, that's the first thing you do is you tell your mommy and your daddy. And, yeah, and, and the you, same comes to seniors and, and grandchildren alike. And if you have questions or you need to report a scam, um, the Ohio Attorney General's office stands ready to accept those types of um, those types of calls. Because we want to educate people. So the more times we get calls about grandparent scam and other kinds of fraud, the more we're able to actually educate folks and give them a sense of what's happening out there in our communities. So you can go to ohioprotects.org. You can call our help center at 800-282-0515 and report a scam. Or you can just go to ohioprotects.org and learn more about the types of scams we're talking about throughout the country on these types of podcasts. That's wonderful, Ryan. All right. Well, everybody, I hope that this um, gives you some tips and some tricks to talking to people um, about this. Um, don't don't stand idly by. If you see something, say something, um, say it to them, say it to somebody who cares about them, say it to somebody that can help them. Um, and, and definitely, like I said, talk to your family members and make sure that everybody's on the same page and make sure that they have, like Ryan suggested, a code. To, to answer questions, you know, if somebody, and that could be something as simple as, you know, where did we go on vacation in, you know, 2010? And it doesn't necessarily have to be the right answer, right? It could be a Yeah, it's whatever answer. you agree to. Yeah. Yeah, it, it could be a made up answer so that, that criminals can't go back and look through social media and find out, oh, look, they, you know, these are places that they've been on vacation and yeah, whatever. If you like the Buckeyes, have your code name be Wolverines as your favorite football team. Or if you think that uh, if, if they know that you used to work at a steel plant or a steel factory, what was my old job? Well, make, a, make it up. Say you were a line cook. Say whatever you think um, you want to agree to as the password so that scammers won't be able to guess it. Yeah. just And they get so much of this information from social media and from old, you know, website, classmates.com, stuff that puts out information about this stuff. So make sure that, you know, you're protecting your information and, and stop giving all your information out there for people to see, because 
um, you know, it's, it's just not, it's not good for anybody. And we just want to make sure that everybody's staying safe out there. So Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for talking to me about grandparent scams and the effects that uh, grandchildren scams as well. Thanks, Marianne. I appreciate it. And again, give them the website where they can go to for more information about this. Uh, www.ohioprotects.org. It's plural. So www.ohioprotects.org. Great. And everybody, we continue to have these conversations with Ryan every Tuesday. And I hope you'll check back daily as we're putting out uh, podcast conversations with people about taking care of senior citizens and about just with conversations with senior citizens as well every single day. So join us for the conversation and we will talk to you soon. Take care. Bye, Ryan. Thanks for listening to the HIP Senior Podcast. Remember to subscribe or you'll miss out on more inspirational stories that will make your golden years into platinum years. If you'd like to learn more about the senior services provided today, please visit us online at www.thehipsenior.com.